It's week five in the NFL, and that means it's time to win some DFS money. Who are you playing? Who are you avoiding? What are the traps? Don't worry. Chris Meany and I have got you on lockdown because the pre-snap starts right now. You're listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by LineStart, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy football experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the pre-snap right here on the LineStar app. It's me, and it's Chris Meany, and it's you, and we are breaking down the Week 5 schedule for you on DK, on FanDuel, on everything because uh, we're full service here. That's how we roll. Chris Meany, speaking of rolling, lots of crazy injury stuff. Who's playing? Who's not? Who wants to be traded? My goodness, week five starting to get a little hot here, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's been a crazy week in the Meany household. The puck dropped in the NHL season just the other day. You know, I feel like this is my fix, man, to sit down and talk some football with you and our listeners here at Linestar. I'm diving deep into the Linestar app, looking at the projections, looking at the cornerback matchups. I am ready to go. But yeah, I don't know if Stefan Diggs is ready to go. I'll tell you that. Yeah, uh, Stefan Diggs is certainly... Uh, He's ready to go, actually, out the door. Yeah, yeah it's definitely Minnesota. weird, that's for sure. I, I don't know. He's uh, He wants to... Uh, you know, it's funny. Everybody now just... Even the college kids, some of them are like, yeah, not going to play anymore. I don't you know, know where that just... came from. It's, it's kind of reminding me of the NBA. I felt like only people in the NBA did that. And, like, if you signed a contract, you signed a contract, and you were loyal to that contract. I mean, he just signed one recently. So, yeah. I mean, you got to play this out, Diggs. I know you're not happy you want the football. I get it. But, you know, this is the way it is. Well, there it is. Well, hopefully he'll play because I think he's got a good matchup here. We'll see he what's does. going on. But, oh, my goodness, so many crazy things. But let's get after it and let's start with the Jaguars at Panthers. Now, look, from a DFS standpoint, last week we talked at length about CMC because the way the board worked out, uh, there were not a lot of big stud running backs on the board for the main slate because you had Kamara and you had Ezekiel Elliott not in there so it was a really good week for McCaffrey this week a little bit different in terms of who's available and I think you have a lot more options so I guess here's the big question because you know it, it's it's a pretty price tag we all know that is this a week where you were paying up for McCaffrey in cash is this a week where McCaffrey carries over to tournaments I know last week the answer for both of us was yes and yes what's your answer this week Chris I mean, I think yes, and I know his prices jumped up as you, as you mentioned, eighty seven hundred, ninety one hundred on on Fanduel. But I mean, this guy's just playing all of the snaps, a hundred percent of the snaps last week in three of the four games. It's been a hundred percent of the snaps, I, and I know he's probably eventually going to break down. He's on pace for four hundred fifty touches, twenty five hundred yards. Like that is those are just numbers that it's going to be very very difficult for him to reach. But sixty four touches in the last two games without Cam Newton, fifty one of those touches carries. It'd be silly not to just plug him in and try to make it work. I mean, he's a tough guy to fade in tournaments and in cash. It's, it gets even tougher to, to roll him out in cash because you want your, you want a balanced lineup. But I think there's still enough value on the board this week with some of the injuries and some guys that we'll touch on throughout the show that you could make it work in cash. I mean, it's almost silly to avoid him. I get wanting to in tournaments, but it's been three out of the four weeks. If you faded him, you probably didn't get to that threshold, that money that you wanted to get to. Yeah, uh, look, I, I had him everywhere in both, and um, it was the right call last week. I think 
I wouldn't say it's mandatory in GPP this week at all. I will say in cash game, you still want to try to find your way to get some McCaffrey if you can because the volume is just so much. And I don't really trust Kyle Allen in this game here against the Jaguars. So if I don't trust him, I can't imagine the coaching staff trusting him either. Jaguars defense has played pretty well. And, you know, they've rallied around Minshew. We all know that. Look, I'm not taking a lot of one-offs in this game. I don't want to waste everyone's time with the listeners talking about this guy and that guy because that's not our show. It has never been the pre-snap. Everybody knows that's not how we roll here on Line Star. We like to get in, get out, get you the things you need. So I do like Fournette, though. I like Fournette in, in this game for Jacksonville. His price is still – I don't understand what's going on there. Like $6,400 is, is too cheap on DraftKings because he's catching balls out of the backfield now and $6,900 yeah, I would agree. as well. It's the same thing as McCaffrey. Like he He's getting all of the snaps as well, like a- absolutely everything. And for Carolina's rush defense, I mean, it ranks 29th according to Football Outsiders. So he's he's just on the field. He's getting passes. Uh, he ranks third in touches with 88. So, I mean, I think both of these guys are, are decent plays. And, and you're going to save a hell of a lot more cash rolling out Fournette than McCaffrey. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, too. And uh, look, if you're trying to make up lineups, we always remind everybody, make sure you're using that LineStar app as well. Uh, looking at the return on investment, too, Christian McCaffrey on LineStar app is the third highest projected running back uh, over there, too. So not only do they have all the projections with the optimizer on both sites but they've also got the cornerback matchup stuff which is fantastic so you know where those wide receivers are who they're going against and who to avoid even if it's a big talent necessarily it's not always the best and if you play that properly then you were probably fading hopkins last couple weeks too because those cornerback matchups were tough for him uh let's go to the next one here and let's talk about the patriots at redskins so are are you playing quarterback for the redskins this weekend because i'm not (laughs) sure you know where that's all going jay gruden's lost his mind chris that's basically where we're at but um, I think this is a bounce back game for the Pats offense. Uh, we saw a lot of Sony Michelle last week because that secondary for Buffalo is very, very good. We'll talk about them later on the show, but I think you can go back to the Edelman's of the world. Um, uh, I really you know, like Gordon. I really like yeah, Gordon this week. Yeah, Gordon, definitely Gordon too. I think you go back to it. I think you don't worry about it. Tom Brady. I'm kind of on the fence with uh, it's funny because actually wouldn't you know it? Linestar loves Tom Brady too. So maybe, maybe I should be on the other side of the fence because he's their number one fan dual quarterback in terms of ROI. Well, have you seen the price? Yeah. I mean, on DraftKings, I, I understand wanting to fade him on DraftKings. He's the third highest priced quarterback, but on Fandle, you actually have to scroll down a little bit. He's, he's 10th, 10th highest price. I mean, $7,600. He's the same price as Jameis Winston. I mean, he's, he's cheaper than Rogers who could be without Devonte Adams. Like Matt Ryan is, is I actually like Ryan this week, but I, I don't mind Brady at all. I think if you're a FanDuel player, you plug him in and you take that value and you take that discount because I wouldn't take too much stock into last week's performance against Buffalo. We've, you and I have been talking about the bills defense since before week one has even started. Like they're just legit. And it was completely, I mean, you saw it right there last week. If you watch that game, he couldn't really do a whole lot, but this is a defense in Washington that ranks 26th against the pass. They can't stop apps. Anybody. There is that fear that it is Sony Michelle getting those touches in the, in the red zone or Rex Burkhead. But I think this is a get right game for new England and Brady. And I say get right, but like, let's get the offense going here. Let's, we have an opportunity to throw three or four touchdowns. I think it's going to be very, very possible. I like Edelman's a cash game play for sure, but I'm going to take some shots with Josh Gordon in tournaments. I think he's going to get him involved. And obviously, you know, this, you're always talking about Dorsett. He's always involved as well. 
Well, it, right now, according to the matchups, it looks like Norman would be on the other side of the field against Dorsett. So if that holds true, Jeez, give me all the Gordon. Then give me all the Gordon. He's sixty two hundred over on FanDuel on DK. He's sixty one. So if if that matchup is true and that's what's looking right right now, yeah, I mean that's just you know it's it's very funny about those certain corners that like they only like to play one side. Yeah, to me, you can't call yourself a great corner if you don't go wherever the best guy is. I'm sorry. Like, right. No, I agree. And they tried to move um, him around Norman a little bit, but I, I I think Norman's overrated anyways. Like, but yeah, if Gordon is going to get away from him and it's going to be Dunbar, then yeah, sign me up. I mean, it's just, it's a plus matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's go to the next one here. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm guessing the Redskins are not high on this. Like, I'm no, just, I'm showing that. No okay. Okay. I just, I don't want to make sure I make a safe place for everyone's thoughts and opinions here in the show. <laughs> Everyone can have that. Yeah, uh, if you Ray- get the Pats D, I think you roll them out. They're super <laughs> expensive, but I, last week again, and this is a, this is a defense, Joe, that's averaging 20 DraftKings points per game. The next closest on the slate, the Bears at 13. Oh, that's a difference look, maker. It's a huge look, and you got to pay up. Like, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. 5,500 on FanDuel. I actually think it's worth it, and you could do Me it. Too. Look, I've got a lineup right now that I'm looking at FanDuel. You could do Thomas, Julio. Goodwin, uh, Winston, and Sutton in the Pats defense, and it's easy to get a tight end and plug him in there. It's easy to get, you know, running backs and plug him in there. You know, the highest end running backs, but it's doable. It is not difficult. It's certainly far from impossible there. But you make a good point, too, about Brady and Winston being the same price. Uh, In terms of ownership, Brady, I think, will be double what Winston is. But I think Winston, when we get to him a little later on the show, is going to have some opportunities, too. Uh, We got an opportunity for the Ravens to bounce back here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um, I think they do. I don't believe in the Steelers. I know it's in Pittsburgh. I think they got uh, a real shellacking last week, and I think they come back feisty this week. And Pittsburgh kind of showed their hand already with all these gimmicky offensive things, and none of them get me excited from a DFS standpoint. The fact that Connor's banged up. Look, I'm sure they're going to rely on Connor. If you want to go in on the Connor train, that's fine. How do you feel about Connor this week in terms of the presence of Jalen Samuels in this offense now going forward, but also the weekly health issues that seem to surround him. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's trouble getting involved with either of these guys. You know, what we saw last week, they, Connor had 10 carries, Samuels had 10 carries and they both caught all eight of their targets. So, I mean, they both split touches and I don't want anything to do with that at all. So, I mean, I'm mostly a cash game player, so I will fade everything to do with Pittsburgh and probably Baltimore as well. But if you're a tournament player, then you can take some shots. I think Connor has the highest ceiling, but it's, you know, I mean, it is a little concerning that Samuel's got as much play as he did. I mean, he was even throwing footballs last week. I think he was three for three passing balls. So uh, I think the one guy that I would take a shot on maybe um, from this game from a wide receiver standpoint is Deontay Johnson. But again, you know, he's got touchdowns in back-to-back games. He seems to be the guy over James Washington. And maybe Juju, if you want to go Juju's route, seeing what he did last week. But again, I would not roll him out in cash. Like, if yeah. things have changed in Pittsburgh. It's a different offense now. Connor on 69 is like right on that border on FanDuel, where I just, I don't know. I just, I can't get into it. I, I guess I just fear Mason Rudolph's ability to put up points here. The Bengals are one thing. I don't think the Ravens defense is great. I mean, I keep harping on that, but. They're definitely better. And yeah, the I mean, Fournette is the same price, 69. This guy's played right. 91% well, of the snaps. You just nailed it. There you go. You just totally nailed it. That's the problem. That's the big problem is why. Yeah. And it's not enough of an upside to differentiate for it. So right. I don't think it's a, 
well, I'm going to do a couple of lineups with Connor and a couple of lineups with Fournette and see what hits. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's a, that's a sell on the Ravens side. Andrews looks like he's going to play. That's a good thing. Um, I think Marquise Brown is in play in this one too. He is, Agreed. he's kind of fallen off a little bit. I feel like he's flying under the radar right now. So if you're looking for somebody that's got tournament upside, I think he's that kind of guy because he does not have to touch the football a million times to be useful. That's something I always love in the tournaments. And uh, I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a, a good day, as they say in the business. He's just 54, by the way. Hollywood Brown, just 54. Yeah, he's a good price. He's a good price. Campbell. He's that poster boy, the the boomer bust guy. He's that. He's the tournament guy. And, and you know, Lamar just missed him last week in the hand zone as well so you're right look at week one he hardly touched the field and he was you know he he was unbelievable you had him you won a bunch of cash so i I like that stack i think it's a sneaky tournament stack yeah all right uh let's continue on here as we fly through the slate uh cardinals at bengals okay so who likes garbage time (laughs) who likes (laughs) who likes garbage points Ooh, you know let me tell you man it's a sad state of affairs because like normally if you showed me this game I don't know, in August on the schedule, I'd say, oh, awesome. That's a game where I'm into the Joe Mixon. And I'd love to get there, but I don't think I can. I, I'm just, I'm so frustrated with Cincinnati right now. And they lost another piece yeah, John uh, Ross, with, with John it. Ross now out for a while. So I'm going to ask you, what's your temperature right now? Because here we are, Joe Mixon in a good matchup, but I feel like it's still kind of tough to feel any kind of confidence, even at 7,100 over on FanDuel or 6,100 on DK. Yeah, I'm not interested. Not interested at all. Um, I am interested in Tyler Boyd. They're just they're just throwing the football a lot ever since Zach Taylor came in. I mean, they're they're tossing the ball. I mean, this could be this could be a fantasy game in terms of both quarterbacks. They're both top four and passing attempts. Both defenses are awful, but you wonder if it is a close game. Maybe both running backs. Maybe Mixon gets a little bit of play. But you mentioned Ross is gone. AJ Green is still sideline. Giovanni Bernard had I think six six targets last week. Auden Tate had six targets last week. So I'm just going to avoid Mixon. I like Boyd a lot. I mean, he's still top four in targets and catches. I think he's got a good opportunity and what could be a high paced game, some chucking. Uh, but that's really it. Auden Tate is that maybe that punt play. Uh, if you want to go that way on, on drafting, you're looking for just that value. I mean, he's only $3,500. Well, that's, that was the point. He's I was been involved make. 16 it's, targets it's last week. Yeah. And he's and there's gonna be look people are gonna do that. There's gonna be yeah. He's would you say twenty percent? He probably will be pretty chalky. Um, I would say twenty at least yeah. somewhere in that neighborhood. But I try him out. I would try him out in one, and then on the other side, I mean, you're missing Kirk there. Um, so there's an opportunity for Larry Fitzgerald. I feel like Fitz and Boyd are two strong cash plays. They're gonna get some work out of the slot. But the guy I really like in this matchup is is David Johnson. And again, I look at his price and and he's another reason. Like, why would I go Connor at 69 when I can go maybe David Johnson at $6,800? I mean, he's he's a better play over on DraftKings. You get that full point for the catch. But this is somebody who's been, been involved as well. Um, you know, he's got – this is just a great matchup. I mean, the Bengals have allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs. And you just look at DJ. He's second in targets, third in catches, fifth in receiving yards among running backs. So – I think, again, he gets involved without Christian Kirk. He probably catches a few more balls. So I'd much rather go the Johnson route than the Mixon route, and he's just cheaper. Yeah, uh, and Linesar agrees with you. They really like uh, Johnson. You know, he hasn't had that game yet this year. No, Maybe this hasn't. is the one. It's You can certainly make the case that he's overdue. I just keep worrying about the fact that their commitment to the run is very different right now. And basically, they're content with – 
playing their options basically and letting Kyler Murray drop back and run if he has to instead of really, you know, making sure that they're filtering the ball over and over and over again to David Johnson, which I think when you look up at the win losses, honestly, I think that's kind of why they're at where they're at right now. They're not a great defensive team. They're still work in progress on offense. However, I think a little bit more commitment to the running game would serve them well. We'll see if it happens this week. I think it's worth getting some shares of. I agree with Line Star app. I agree with Chris here. I think it certainly makes sense. And uh, look, it's a decent ROI in terms of price. All right, here we go. You ready? You got your mm-hmm. thinking cap on for this next one? Falcons at Texans. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So here's, here's my hot take. You ready? DeAndre Hopkins has a big game. I'm not sure if I want to pair him with Watson because I'm still super concerned about that offensive line, but I think Hopkins can catch six or seven balls and still be really good and come away with a touchdown or two because this Falcons defense in the secondary is atrocious. So that's my feeling there. You can play around with Hyde too. I don't love it. It's not terrible, but again, they don't tackle anybody anywhere and running backs seem to be having pretty good fantasy point games against the Falcons. And on the other side, it's Matt Ryan and it's Julio Jones, and you got to fade the rest, right? I mean, you can't count on Ridley. I mean, Hooper is up and down. Where are you at here with this game? That's my take on it. I want to know what you're involved in or not. Yeah, this is a tough game. Um, I, I I have a hard time figuring out the Falcons, really. Um, I do know that their defense is bad, like you said, tackling. Um, and, and one thing I know is Matt Ryan has thrown the ball more than anybody else because they have no run game. So I do like Matt Ryan. I think he's sneaky from a tournament standpoint. I think he could, um, you know, hit some of his weapons. I I agree with you. Julio is probably the only one I'd pair him up with. I mean, you go over on, on FanDuel and you look at some of the tight end prices and you're just like, wow, what? Austin Hooper is the most expensive tight end on the board. He's he's more, more than Ertz. And I know Waller's in a bad spot. Ingram, like, I'm not going to go there with Austin Hooper, but I do see him trending up. He seems to be... Matt Ryan's second target, and it, and it also seems that Sanu is past Ridley, at least in terms of targets and looks as well. Um, but I like Ryan. I like Julio. That's probably it from the Atlanta side. I agree with you on Hopkins. I think like now is the time for people that are just average DFS plays, and they're just like, wow, I thought Hopkins was good. What do you mean? Nine DK points, 12, eight. Like, Hopkins is not good. Why am I going to spend up for Hawkins when... When I can look at Keenan Allen, for example, is somebody who's averaging 26 DraftKings points, 10 more than him. So if you're listening and you're looking for some advice, it's coming for Hopkins. The offensive line is not good. Watson is scrambling to try to find some time to throw downfield to a guy like Fuller. But I think Hopkins gets right. This is a good spot for him. I mean, look at Corey Davis last week. We haven't seen Corey Davis in, in years. What has Corey Davis done for the Titans? Like, it's well, hard it, to find good games, and he showed and up last week. Here's what's fascinating, too, because I love Julio this week, and then if you really want the dart throw of all dart throws this week in terms of ownership, in terms of potential, Calvin Ridley against Jonathan Joseph, who's ranked 82nd here in terms of corners. <laughs> so we haven't had – I mean, Calvin Ridley's been – let, let's just let's call it a disappointment. He's been yeah. an absolute disappointment. He had one good game against the Eagles. Outside of that, uh, the first week against Minnesota was palatable. It was, it was fine, 14. So, I mean, one and five back-to-back weeks. So there could very well be a massive correction here coming. Um, but, again, this is why this is why the tools at Lions are so helpful because when you go in here and you peel it away and you look, we already talked about Hollywood Brown. He's got the second-best ROI in matchup in terms of price and matchup with corner. So we, we were right about that one. And we weren't even looking at this at the time, but now we're looking at it for Calvin Ridley, the only guy better than him is Calvin Ridley. 
So nice. I don't know what this caps at. I don't know if this is still a 13, 14 point day regardless, but in terms of ownership, if he should have one of those Calvin Ridley games we saw last year where he's got multiple touchdowns, that's going to be something that changes things significantly. So if there's a pivot there, if you're going cash with Matt Ryan and Julio, that's fine. If you're going tournament, I think Ridley's the guy you should consider this week. Yeah, it's a good call. It's because it, the fantasy community is out on Ridley, right? I mean, they're seeing the Sanu and the Hooper, you know, passing him. So we know what he's capable of. I mean, he's a tremendous at, talent, tremendous talent. Tremendous and look talent. at last year, like all of his touch, touchdowns really kind of came in bunches. I mean, he had a three touchdown game. I think he had a two touchdown game. Like they, they have come in just like when he's had those good matchups, they exploit it. And so like, I actually like Ryan a lot. And the more that you talk about that matchup and Mohamed Sanu has a nice matchup too. And Freeman can't run and he's catching six or seven balls out of the backfield. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in Matt Ryan. I, I know this Falcons wait. team is a mess, but I'm kind of interested. Dude. I can't wait tomorrow for Mike Randall and I to talk about this game. I can't wait to hear what he <laughs> has tough, to say about it. It's a tough game Mike, to figure out. Mike is hilarious. And let me tell you, Mike's got such a good beat on things. He nailed the upset special last week. And if you're not listening to that one again, get over to the wagering show, man. Uh, four out of what? No, what are we at now? Let's see, eight. This is eight picks. I'm doing math here. Four carry the two. So here we go. <laughs> we've had eight upset specials, and we've gotten six of the eight correct wow, so far between nice. the two of us. So very nice. Look, it's we're helping, and we're talking about not just covers, but some outright winners too. So there's a lot there. Make sure you check that out on Friday when that thing drops too. Um, let's do Buc- Buccaneers and Saints. Let's go here. Let's let's go there. Because the Saints defense has been excellent the last couple of weeks. Yeah. They went in and they beat Seattle. They've been picking up this offense and carrying them on their back. And then they were home and they beat Dallas. I feel like this is a letdown game coming. I understand the, the Bucs just went out and put 50 on somebody. So that raised some eyebrows. But here's my thing about the Bucs. They don't care. They will make a million mistakes and they keep throwing the football. They don't care. They just don't yeah. care. And if you look so far... The one place you can beat them is in the air. You can yeah. beat them in the air. And I feel like that's kind of the problem there. You know, Dak kind of failed there last week and the week before. You know, the Seattle ran the ball real hard and a couple of fumbles didn't go their way and some turnovers and a pick six and all that. And that, that all did not work out. But I like the Bucks in this one. I got to tell you, I like Winston and I like Godwin specifically. I think, you know, I'll let Evans and Lattimore fight it out. I'm going to go with Godwin this week, and I think he's going to give them fits. And I'll tell you the other piece I love, too, uh, this week, Ronald Jones. Look at the Ronald Jones game log. He's just yeah, 59 he's been, on FanDuel. Outside of that wackadoo Thursday game where he got hurt, by the way. So yeah. outside of that, 13 attempts, 14 attempts, 19 attempts. 75 yards, 80 yards, 70 yards. Now, he's got the one rushing touchdown. So I understand you'd love to see some more touchdowns, but – just from a sheer volume and commitment standpoint, I know Peyton Barber's going to be annoying. I know he might score a touchdown and take it away from him. But let me tell you, as a lineup builder this week, I think you can do a lot worse than Ronald Jones as your RB2. Yeah, I like the way he runs. He runs really hard. And my one fear is is that you just don't know with Bruce Arians. He has said numerous times that Barber's his starter and he's going to ride the hot hand. But I think there's completely more upside with Ronald Jones. Absolutely. I wish he'd catch a few more balls out of the backfield. But I, I see this as a game where you're right. I think you've nailed it. You know, New Orleans is much stronger against the run and they're weak against the pass. I mean, they're the fifth worst team, according to football outsiders against the pass. So I think this could be a game where Jameis drops back 40 times and, and throws the ball. Oh, yeah. yeah. You saw that last week, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. hitting Godwin. And look, and Ronald Jones still carried no all those points. He yeah. still carried the ball 14 times, 15 he did. times. Yeah, so he did. What are we worried yeah. about? Jameis is very interesting. He's a, he's a nice value play on DraftKings. 
He's the uh, he like is the imminent imminent pivot to Brady, because yeah. Brady's going to be just through the roof, mm-hmm. and I don't know, man. Like I mean, the, the kicker situation's a little frustrating there too. God knows, like how that might impact things. I I don't know, man. I look, I don't have faith in the Patriots. I do. I just think that everybody sees this matchup and everyone's going to be on it. Whereas Winston and the Saints, people go, well, I don't got to believe it again. But I don't know, man. This is they threw up a lot of points against the Giants too. I know. Yeah, the they're going to hang around. Yeah, they're, they're going to hang around. around. And, and Jameis is that – he's that – we can laugh at him all you want but from a real-life quarterback, but this doesn't matter. Like, he's a fantasy quarterback. He puts up numbers because, like you said, he's not afraid to to make mistakes, and he continues to do it. I mean, 385 yards, 380 yards, those are his last two games. Like, he is – he's throwing the ball a ton, and he's got two elite weapons and a tight end that hopefully they start to use. All right. Speaking of elite weapons, how about Dalvin Cook? And the Vikings taking on the New York Giants. Now, the Giants, another bad defensive team. But I think this one has some appeal here. I think Adam Thielen has some tournament appeal because people have given up on Kirk Cousins. But, again, Giants defense, very bad. You can throw all day on them. Just go look. The fact that the Redskins did what they did last week is just tells you how bad and how the wheels have completely come off there. But – Outside of that, Dalvin Cook, obviously still somebody you can fire up in cash. I think it carries over in the tournament, too. There's ways to make that work, like Calvin Ridley, like Marquise Brown. Um, And then on the other side of this one, I would stay away from Daniel Jones. I would stay away from Wayne Gallman. I think Shepard, now that Tate's back in the slot, is fascinating to me. I think that's a guy that you can cherry pick. But outside of that, I'm going to fade the Giants. But I will look for Cook and Thielen specifically over on the Viking side. How do you see this one shaking out here for your fantasy shares, if any? Yeah, I agree 100% with you. Um, I think Cook is – I wouldn't take too much stock in the last week against the Bears against the Bears defense. They don't allow too much on the ground. So, I mean, before that, Cook had 100 yards in each of his three games, and, you know, he's got five TDs. So he's, he's well on his way. Uh, to potentially leading this team in, or leading the league in touchdowns because th- this is what Minnesota wants to do. This is why Stefan Diggs wants out of town because he wants some targets and he wants the ball. And they brought in Kubiak and th- they want to run the football. And, and why wouldn't you with Delvin Cook? It's, it seems to be working out for the most part. But I do like Thielen. I think I mentioned this on the show on Monday after his first four weeks last season. that He had 40 catches, 473 yards on 56 targets. And so far this year, only 13 grabs, 170 yards through four games. So this is somebody they need to get the ball to. Like, can you imagine that? I mean, that's, that's no, I can't. I, I just 13 catches to 40, 13 catches to 40. Dude. I just died a little bit inside when you just said that 27 more catches he had last year at this point. It's and and almost 40 more targets. I got to get a cocktail. Wait a second. Where where am I right now? I mean, I really, I need a drink. I can't imagine poor, poor Thielen, what he's thinking. If well, I'm that's why he's ticked. That's why he's pissed yeah. off. I mean, that's why he said after the game, one of the reporters asked him if, you know, did you have a hard time finding, you know, open space against that Bears secondary? And he said, no, absolutely not. And then he backtracked <laughs> later on and said, listen, yeah, I understand Kirk Cousins needs some time to throw the ball. The offensive line, you know, he was he was trying to backpedal just a little bit because the comments like he was ticked off. He was pissed and it showed. And Diggs is complaining mm-hmm. about the same thing. But I think this is a spot where you may see Thielen get leaned on here just a little bit. Like, okay, like like for Cousins, like this is an opportunity against the Giants. The pressure is not going to be there like it was last week with Chicago. He's going to hit Thielen. But it's not. It's a different feel. Like he's not playing in the slot like he did last year. He, he seems to be, need more time down the field to get the ball to. So I, I understand. I see it all happening. But 
if now's the time, I mean, you look at Thielen from a season long standpoint, like go get him because the, the he's, like, he's got the Eagles coming up, the Jets, like the matchups get a whole lot easier. But I think this is the time where Thielen, you know, comes away with six or seven catches like the Thielen of, of last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, and it's <sighs> not, Oh, <laughs> no, I know. I'm just trying to recover. I still can't recover from the comparison year over year. And Look, there's some gross. I talk about this on the radio show that I do on FNTSY. We we dug deep. Uh, Craig Mish and I dug really deep into Cousins. And look, it's the the coordinator is the quarterback coach from last year. It's not like a whole new thing. It's just right. I feel like it's a massive overcorrection from being so predictable last year uh, of just pass, 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 and they fell apart. And yeah. now it's I, I I feel like it's shaking his confidence. I think it's a mental thing. That's all he, it is. He definitely doesn't look good. And and Cook is healthy too, right? Mm-hmm. So last year when he wasn't, they were throwing the ball a ton. Yeah. Uh, Bears at Raiders. Look, um, Josh Jacobs is a tough sell. Williams is not a hundred percent. I'm gonna. I know the Raiders went in there and had did <laughs> did a good job there. That was a big win for them on the road. I give him all the credit. Darius Leonard was out. They took advantage of that hundred percent with the middle of the field, but. I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Bears as long as Khalil Mack is there and Roquan Smith's supposed to be back for this one. It's going to be a long day for Derek Carr. It's going to be an ugly game from a fantasy perspective. I'm The only guy that I'm slightly intrigued by is Montgomery because I know last week the yardage totals are not great, but the carry numbers went up. And before that, it was the opposite. The carries were down, but the yardage numbers were good. And if they can have the perfect storm here against Oakland, that's the one guy who has another – Take a look at him as a flex, as an RB2. I think in terms of pricing, he makes a lot of sense, but it's it's not without risk. So granted, if it's not for you, I understand, but it's something that I'm aware of, and it's him or Tariq Cohn in this one too because I thought I saw Tariq Cohn get a little bit with Chase Daniel too and look very comfortable together, and that was encouraging. Yeah, you want to talk about comfortable together. Tariq Cohen, two games last year with Chase Daniel, 22 targets, 19 catches, 200 receiving yards. That's just two games. Yeah, yeah. And, and he came there, away buddy. last week with with five targets, which was a, with a team high. So it's it's one or the other. I think it's going to be a Montgomery game. That doesn't mean it can't be a Cohen game either. Like, you don't want to play both of them together. Like, if you're a FanDuel player, I think you go with Montgomery. The 21 carries, like you mentioned, were certainly encouraging. And then if you're a DraftKings player, I mean, maybe you go with Cohen because I would not be shocked if he led this team in catches this week. I think this is a low-scoring game. I love the Bears' defense. I can't imagine Oakland doing a whole lot on the ground or through the air. So it could turn out to be, you know, an ugly game where it's 24 to 3 at one point, and it's just a whole lot of Montgomery. Yeah, I agree. All right, the Jets at Eagles here. Uh, in, in theory, I mean, we're still kind of waiting on the Darnold stuff and seeing where that's out. But no matter what, I mean, it's it's Le'Veon Bell with a ton of volume. How does that work out? I don't know. None of us know. It's a tough sell this week for me personally until things are up and running. And on the Eagle side of this, I think we all just throw our hands up in the air because I don't think anybody can believe in a Jordan Howard repeat necessarily. And I'm at a loss with this one too. And I don't think it's a week to pay up for Ertz because there are guys, you know, going back to it, we were miss. Greg Olson against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are a very good defense, but they struggle against the tight end. And this is a great opportunity for Allen and Olson in this game. So that's a tight end I like a lot. So I don't know if it's a kind of go up to the top of tight end because there's no Kelsey on the main slate either. Um, I don't know. It's it's a very weird slate for me. I don't think I pay up for Ertz this week. So this game almost has a skip it on it for me. Yeah, it's it's tough. I think if Sam Darnold plays you know, you can feel decent about Robbie Anderson because it's just such a nice matchup against the Eagles secondary. 
they've given up the most fantasy points, most, most touchdowns, catches, like you, you name it. You check off every box in that secondary. It's such a good spot. But if Darnold doesn't play and he was throwing as of recording, like I, I saw him throwing at practice today. So I feel like he will play. Um, so I may roll out some Robbie, but you're right about Bell. It's just going to be so tough. Like everything runs through him, but it's just so tough to run on the Eagles defense. That's why so many teams are throwing on him as well. And on the other side, I, their offense has kind of changed over the past couple of weeks. They are leaning on Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, but you're playing such a risky game with both of those guys. You just They're just rotating through all of them. And last week against the Packers, the offensive line was so good. They created so many holes, and I think that's why Howard – was able to have as good as a game as he as, as he did have because the holes were just right there. I mean, you or I, you and I could have, you know, racked up a few yards there. But I will say this about Howard: with every game that's happened, there's been a, an increase in touches and carries. Right? It was six, eight, eleven, fifteen. He's top four in red zone rushing attempts. He does have four touchdowns, all of them coming inside the red zone. The Eagles are 14-point favorites. There's an opportunity maybe that they do lean on him. That's possible. But again, flip side, you're playing a risky game trying to figure out the Eagles' backfield because Peterson rolls through all of those guys. Yeah, agreed. All right, Broncos, Chargers. Uh, look, that was all the 1 o'clock games, by, by the way. Just want to throw yeah, that out. Yeah, I know. Again for everybody. We a couple 4 o'clock games. It's crazy. 10 1 o'clock games. <laughs> 10. What? Jeez. Wacky times. But anyway, only two 4 o'clock games. Broncos, Chargers, Packers, Cowboys. So there are there's some appeal here. Uh, for, I'm not buying into Melvin Gordon here this week. I'm sorry. It's going to be nice to see him on the field. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. Uh, Mike Williams is just getting healthy. That's great, but I can't get into that. Um, basically, the Chargers scare the hell out of me in this game. This this reeks of trap game for me for the Chargers after last week, especially when they came out of the gate a little slow against Miami. And I don't think the Broncos are world beaters, but I'll tell you what. Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton, those are two guys that when I'm looking for low-cost ROI wide receivers, I got my eyes all over. And guess what? Line Star app agrees with me because nice. Line Star app is much smarter than me, so I like to uh, I like to have it make me feel smart because yeah. uh, Emmanuel Sanders is against Brandon Faxon, uh, 55th-ranked corner overall in the slot there. So Emmanuel Sanders should have a pretty good day. Yeah, what a tool. Uh, that are you calling me tool. names? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I, what a tool for the line star app to have. I mean, that, that cornerback oh, matchup oh, is, doing is, it again. is unbelievable. Right here. I thought we were friends. Uh, yeah, Bax, <laughs> Baxen is the tool. So good on uh, Emmanuel Sanders there. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I like it. 5,100. Absolutely. Yeah, sign it up. And I'm not going to touch the I, – I got to see the backfield play out. Like, the, I would maybe play Eckler, but I just – I'm, I'm going to go elsewhere. Like, I could see Eckler still having an okay game and people just shine away because now Gordon is back it is such a fantastic matchup against Denver I mean Fournette had I felt like 500 rushing yards against yeah and Bradley Chubb's out for the year now yeah it does make sense those two guys and and that's all the things where I feel like they're just stacking up all these reasons why it should be easy for the Chargers there's one thing we know about the Chargers especially at home there's no home field advantage and nothing's ever easy with them so (laughs) nothing ever comes easy for the Chargers I'm sorry Charger fans I'm sorry like you should have stayed in San Diego because that's just just a nicer place to live (laughs) just it's so much nicer (laughs) all right Packers at Cowboys I think the Cowboys offense bounces back in a big way here I know Green Bay's been very good but I think this is another great contrarian play to get involved with Dallas. It really is. Uh, it's gonna. Not a lot of people will be on this. Um, you can be on both sides of this too, because Adams probably is not going to be in this one. As of right now, it's definitely trending like he is doubtful, basically for this. Yeah. If something changes, obviously keep an eye on that. Uh, I think Geronimo Allison and, and MVS are certainly two guys you can fire up. You can feel good about them. 
But really, I think this is an Ezekiel Elliott get right game against the Packers. And tomorrow, when we talk about it on the wagering show, I think this is a game that's going to go over too. I'm telling you right now, this has overwritten all over it. Yeah, I think Zeke is an interesting pivot off a guy like McCaffrey. If you're just like, ah, I don't want to play McCaffrey, I want to be different. I think Zeke is is that guy that you can you can turn to. Again, I talked about the Eagles and how much success they had against Green Bay last week. They ran all over them, and they've allowed the third most fantasy points to backs, ranked 27th in rush DVOA. So I, I think Z, this is a get-right game for Zeke, too. I agree. Even in a down game, he still touched the ball 24 times last week. He caught six passes. So, I mean, I think he's ready for a full workload now. It's it's The writing's right there on the wall. So it's definitely a good spot for him. I like MBS. I think he has more upside than Geronimo. But Geronimo, having said that, is the touchdown guy. He's the red zone guy that Rodgers throws the ball to. He's already hooked up with him a couple times. So no Adams. Both those guys will be in play. You know, it's funny. I mean, it was a mental block, but I actually realized we skipped a game, and that's the Tennessee-Buffalo game. We right? skipped we skip it for that. a reason. Uh, well, look, here, here's the one thing you got to know. You're not going to attack them in the secondary so you're going to be running the ball, Derrick Henry, all day. I know everybody was impressed with A.J. Brown last week. Don't look for the – that was last no, week. Don't live in yeah. the past. It's not happening this week. Not against Buffalo. And Buffalo right now with their quarterback situation in flux, you can't go anywhere near that offense. So there you go. See, simple, done. It was like a mental thing. Yeah, you, where, you, you skipped yeah. it on, on purpose, basically. Skip it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here we go. It's time to win some swag, so let's get after it. It's our time to uh, get in the end zone. And we're going to each pick a guy, a running back and a wide receiver that we think is going to find the end zone. I will I will start this week and I will start with my wide receiver. Let's start with the wide receivers. Give them okay. some love. Okay. I'm going to go to that game all the way down in Nolens, And I'm going to go with my boy, Chris Godwin, because I think he has a great matchup there. Lattimore is going to be dealing with Evans. And I don't think they have an answer for Mr. Godwin. They just don't. And Jameis Winston has no responsibility. He's going to throw the ball as many times as he can. And I love Godwin to score this week. So he's my wide receiver that finds the end zone. Who's your wide receiver find the end zone this week? I am going to go with Adam Thielen. I think this is going to be an Adam Thielen week. He's complained. He's cried. Yeah, I think that they take advantage of the Giants secondary. And Thielen really gets involved this week. All right. So running back, who you got? Who's your RB that's going to uh, get the touchdown this week in week five? Um. Let's go with Zeke. I know it's he's up near the top of the board, but I think he gets right this week against Green Bay. What I saw last week, that run defense looked pretty weak, and, and the line of scrimmage was just completely won by the Eagles. The Dallas offensive line is very strong as well. So I'm going to go with Zeke. I think he gets a couple touchdowns this week. I'm going to go with Mark Ingram. Get in that nice. end zone there nice. against those uh, Steelers. I think he's a lock for a touchdown this week too. Guy, we didn't really touch on too much in the show, but it doesn't matter because you know some things you just know, and I know. Mark Ingram is going to get in the end zone. So there you have it. Those are our guys. Now, if you like this and you want to get involved, retweet this segment, like it, and send it around. And you could win some swag from LineStar app because those guys, there are great. And they like, everybody likes a free hat. Who doesn't like a free hat? By the way, did you see that guy who is suing the team because he got hit in the face with a t-shirt from a t-shirt cannon? Did you see that? What? No, I didn't see How that. How is that the t-shirt cannon's fault? It's your <laughs> fault. You got to go work on your hands, bruh. It's Come a on, t-shirt. Bro. Like, what is, what is he? Like, did he get know. seriously hurt from this I t-shirt? I don't know. This is the world we live in, Chris Meany. This is the world we live in. All right. You can uh, follow us on the Twitter machine at Lionstar app, at Chris Meany, and at Joe Pizapia17. Again, check out all the great content over at Lionstar app. Go sign up for the newsletter. You get all the stuff from Greg Landry and our boy Ryan Humphreys, Nitro DFS. And, of course, all the tools. So sign up for Lionstar app and upgrade to the premium product. I'm telling you. 
part of the reason we're so prepared for this show and for you is because of the great work that everybody there does. So get on that right now. And it's time for us to break the huddle because there's nothing left to do now. The pre-snap is over and now it's time to set down win. You've been listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by line star hit subscribe, tell a friend and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy football experts, Joe Pizapia and Chris Beanie.